a Dad's Net original podcast. Hi, I'm Michael. And I'm Paul. We're the Atwell Brices and this is Diffability. The podcast for parents with children who have disabilities. We're the proud dads of two sets of identical twins, Lance and Lawson, our youngest. And Levi and Lucas, our older twins, who are diagnosed with autism and epilepsy, amongst other disabilities. In Diffability, we'll be helping you with tips and recommendations. And we'll be speaking to special guests and most of all, you'll hear that you are not alone in your journey. So, Paul often refers to me as monotone mate. So, we have now got nicknames for ourselves. I think I sound like Julian Clary, and Michael is monotone Mick. <laughs> so, those are our nicknames now. <laughs> Having heard ourselves back talking on this podcast, those are the nicknames we've come up with. But, what have we been up to? Where are we at? And where are we going? And what's been going on in this world? So this week, we are absolutely exhausted this week. So we've been down to London for the Harvey Price Fashion Show. And what a weekend it has been. It was full of lots of surprises, lots of new experiences. And our boys did incredible. We were so proud. I was very emotional as we were walking down the catwalk and just taking it all in our stride with the boys next to us. They did absolutely amazing. Don't forget they have severe autism, they're non-verbal, they suffer with sensory needs, and they have uncontrollable epilepsy. So for them to walk a huge catwalk with loads of press at the bottom, it was just amazing. Well, when we go down to London, we go down, the boys go down in the chairs, so we started it as we meant to go on. It was like a massive kerfuffle. We'd booked assistance for the boys to stay in the wheelchairs. People were in their seats, they had to be booted out. They were kicking off because they got booted out the wheelchair spaces. You know, we had all that to deal with, but we sorted it out, made his way down to London. We had to get three cabs to the hotel because Levi and Lucas stay in the chairs when it's in a busy environment. So the boys, we took two of our peers with us that help out with Levi and Lucas to help out with the little ones as well. So here's the story to that. So we ended up taking one boy in a black cab each. We we were in a black cab, wheelchair, accessible cab. And the world went crazy because the two PAs... So we thought we'd order them the cheaper version, the Uber. The Uber. And it backfired on on us because their car arrived and it was a brand new Tesla. So there was tagging us in stories on Instagram, filming the Tesla. Bone shakers (laughs) with the boys going around London, not knowing where the hell we're going. We're all London cabmen. And they were living it up in a brand new Tesla. The world has gone mad. (laughs) So as the parents uh, ended up in the the bone shakers, as Paul said. But yeah, we got to the hotel. Uh, another little kerfuffle. Obviously, we're all one family, but we had to book two rooms. Um, they wanted to put me, Levi, Lucas, and Paul on level seven, and the babies with the other two guys on level nine. And it's like we're all one family. We need to all be together. That were an hour's kick off trying to sort that out. Um, we were trying to be diplomatic, but what did help us at the point is Levi and Lucas had had enough, so they were becoming really vocal. 
And the more vocal they are in situations like that, the quicker people tend to yeah. deal with the situations. That, that often happens. It's really good at the airport. So we were once on his way back from America and the like host lady says, no, you're all in one queue. That's it. You have to stay with everybody else. Massive queue. Levi and Lucas proper started screaming, having a meltdown, um, getting really, really loud. We couldn't bring them down. Where did we end up? The front of the queue. <laughs> and before we knew it, the rooms were sorted. So thanks for Levi and Lucas becoming so agitated. They quickly sorted it, got us up in the lifts, and we were unpacking. That is the joy of parenting special needs children. So yeah, the fashion show. So it was born anxious, so obviously make Harvey Price's clothing range an accessible range of clothing. So there's no tags inside because children with autism or sensory needs can get irritated by the tags. Um, a massive, massive event. So it will be Chabs UK, which is Cancel Cancer Africa. I'm They're- so glad Michael had to say yeah. that because that is a mouthful. And normally I don't complain about a mouthful, but on this instance, (laughs) I am. Yeah, um, we've just actually been filming with local ITV a piece about it. So we've just taken the boys to school right now. But what an amazing event. I mean, you know, there were 30 odd kids and adults, all with neurodiversity, autism, um, Asperger's, different neurodisabilities. And every single one of them walked the catwalk with Harvey Price. I mean... That it, what, how amazing was that? We were really surprised and uh, how all the children adapted given all their individual needs. It was just wonderful. It was a moving experience. Yeah. And it was a very emotional one. So Harvey oh, came into the room backstage. And, and what a joy yeah. Harvey really is. All the kids drew him a picture of frogs, you know, he put his ear defenders on because it was getting a bit noisy, but everybody managed really well and the children adapted to it. You know, they the smashed the catwalk, every single one of the guys. Stay tuned because later on in the podcast, we're going to be talking to the award-winning author, Sally King. So we have heard from one of our other listeners today. And it's over to you, Michael. Yeah, so you'll notice in Diffability, we're going to talk a lot about poo, nappies. Um, that's what a lot of us deal with. We've had... Poo? We have. I'm talking about poo. In fact, I go regular. I go every morning. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought I'd share that with everybody. No, nobody needed to know that. Okay. We have um, a lot of followers um, and like listeners, followers, yeah, people on Instagram, messages about... They have trouble with... Obviously, Levi and Lucas, they're nearly 16, they're still uh, in nappies. A lot of other people are in their school. Um, it's just one of those things. You, you, they're really difficult to toilet train, but people have been messaging saying they're really struggling with the NHS ones. So you're allowed. Basically, you're allowed. Many authorities you're only allowed three nappies a day. So how can you tell somebody they can only go to the toilet three times a day? So that's that's what we're getting. Or people the the children prefer the pull ups and they're trying to learn them that independence, but the NHS only provide nappies. So Levi and Lucas, I think they're allowed three or four nappies a day. And we've had this battle and fight for years. We get loads of messages about it on Instagram about people in the same situation. Or some they're not even entitled to any so I mean, they are lucky they're entitled to some on the NHS, but like Paul says, how can you say that somebody can get it to You can't tell somebody, here you are, here's three pads. 
That's all. That's your daily allowance. It changes every day for everybody, regardless of I think this is whether the, you've got a disability yeah, or not. One of the realities that people don't see with people with disabilities, you know, you th- the th- people think they get everything laid on a plate and they get everything, give all the medications, all the support, and it's not like that. It's a real fight, you know, battling for a few more nappies. I mean, what's that all about? But... Have you had these struggles? Do you resonate with how we are talking about this because we would love to hear as well to know that we're all in this situation together i mean sometimes that one of the boys can go through three nappies in a morning and that's their like daily allowance that's for school as well so school don't provide nappies as well we have to take them in from the allowance that we get so i think a lot of listeners and people following this will be in the same situation where you're having to like fund extras yourself and should that really be down to, should that have to come out of the children's money, you know, it, nappies, it's a necessity, it's part of their disability. We fought for everything for Levi and Lucas all their lives, and that's what you have to do. Some battles, you know, we, we've learned to do one battle at a time, but do, you know, raise these concerns, because the more people that say the same thing, uh, the better it will get. Yes, every now and then we get our crowns knocked. We just readjust them. And off we go again. Don't we? So this week, we are going to recommend a product and a service to our listeners. And we're going to quickly talk about Cordwell and what they've been doing for children and young people with autism. So Cordwell Children's Charity, we're ambassadors for that charity and it's quite a big national UK charity. They help all different types of children. They actually assess now uh, children on the autistic spectrum. They can do assessments to get them diagnosed earlier. But one of the great things that they do at the moment is the Get Sensory Packs. Um, So basically you can apply for a, a box full of all different sensory equipment for your child with autism or any kind of disability or additional need that would benefit from one of these sensory packs. They're all different ones. Uh, Some are light, some are tactile, Um, but it's quite a straightforward application and we really think it's worth a look on Cordwell Children's Charities, Instagram or internet pages. um, So go over to their socials. They're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and just Google them and see what they're all about. We definitely yeah. recommend these. We get a lot of messages, don't we? Where can we apply for this? And we always recommend different charities and organisations to people, private messages. And it's just nice to be able to put it out there that there is help out there and there's lots of equipment and from special needs tandem bikes to sensory packs to sensory equipment to special needs clothing. And we're going to do that throughout disability. Uh, recommend these products and services to you guys. So in these sensory packs that Cordwell are offering to children and young people, within them they have a range of different materials. And I say materials because they might have a Russell blanket, they might have they might have tactile play, which might be just well, the only way I describe them is like toddles and twisters and all those kind of things. Um feathery items where kids like the feel of the feathers on their face or their fingers there's also play-doh bits of play-doh i mean 
I have to say. I think there's I... A far, far different types of boxes, isn't there? And there's some have got uh, UV stuff that light up in the dark. Um, they've got all kinds of different stuff. So whatever. I mean, who doesn't want UV stuff that lights up in the dark? <laughs> I do. And I'm an adult. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so they are really, really good sensory packs indeed. Up next, we speak to the amazing Sally J. King, author, speaker and advocate and family coach. Uh, Sally's joining us all the way from Canada. She's got an award-winning book out, In Search of Serenity, uh, from a foster child to an adoptive mum, and has got a massive wealth of knowledge on disabilities and everything to do with um, children who are looked after different disabilities fascinating lady and a great book so we'll be joined by sally next so welcome sally king to the disability podcast now sally we know you personally and we followed your journey along a lot of people and a lot of listeners won't know who you are but we also know you as an author, a speaker, an advocate, a family coach, and also a mother of three. Is there anything else that our listeners would need to know about you? Well, also that I grew up with a, with a neurological disability my whole life too. I'm an adult adoptee from the foster care system. Grew up my whole life hating myself, thinking I was a complete horrible human, only to find out as an adult after we adopt our daughter and look into her special needs that I have the same thing, FASD. I just thought I was a bad person. Turns out I have a, I have a disability. Who knew? <laughs> so that's a massive thing, isn't it? So you went all through your life yeah. thinking you're a bad person, people thinking yeah. you were naughty when, yeah. you, are, when you had fecal alcohol uh, spectrum disorder. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when were you finally diagnosed then, Sally? Oh, I'm 57. I was diagnosed in my late 40s. I'm not 57 until next month. I am holding on to that or two months. I'm holding, I'm 56. And so not until my late forties. And, um, and it was when, when I was getting sweaty, my daughter assessed and everything. And it's like, this sounds like me, what the hell? And sure enough. And for me, it was super, it was super empowering because it was just like, okay, I just thought I was a bad person that just didn't handle things well because childhood was rough. Did, did you know much about the condition yourself prior to that, or did you find out through the diagnosis more? No, I knew about the condition, but I just never drank. I actually made jokes about it after I met my birth mother. Man, I can't believe she didn't drink, you know. And then I met my birth family, like, oh, no, she did. Yeah. <laughs> she would have. And then it sort of, things started to click. But, you know, <clears throat> I grew up in the era of adoption where you know it's just you're 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 you need to be grateful your life is so good you know you just have to they saved you and so I just felt like I was just this horrible person and I just couldn't handle situations and couldn't handle a lot of things still can't by the way (laughs) I think we can relate to that as well (laughs) yeah (laughs) because you know you'll you'll you know as well that I obviously grew up in foster care and I was adopted as well myself and obviously we've adopted children, as you know, as some of our listeners will know, we have four boys and two of those have autism and epilepsy and yeah. other disabilities along with that. But, you, you know, what I love about you is how open you are, how honest you are. And to me, my method throughout life has always been 
to don't sugarcoat anything, to be honest with yourself, your upbringing and everything. Because I always think if you don't, and if you hide away from it later on in life, it's just going to come around and bite you on the ass. That's my attitude. Would you agree with that? I 100% agree with it. And, and not only, like, I'm an open book. I, as a matter of fact, I met a bunch of bio family last weekend. Like, when you seem like you're pretty open, can I ask you some questions? I'm like, yeah, totally, right? Like, I have no, I, I no longer have, I'm not living in a place of shame anymore. I'm not doing that. This is who I am. This is how I grew up. This is what happened to me. And so, and I think that what it does is it empowers our kids too, right? Like, you know, because disciplining kids out of a disability is just mind freaking boggling to me. Right. And especially with, especially with invisible disabilities, you know, that's even harder. So we know Sally, many more children are getting diagnosed with disabilities globally. What, what yeah. do you think the root cause is the root problem? Do you think it's just a case of things are getting diagnosed better? Or do you think there's some of the underlying issues that are causing more children to have these disabilities and neurological I, problems? I, combination. I think that it's, I think it's a combination, but I think that the biggest piece is, is that people weren't diagnosing anything. I mean, my parents were told they were handed a perfect baby. And, and so they treated me like how they would treat any other child. And um, that was disastrous, to be honest. Right. And I think that I see, I see, I coach a lot of parents and I see them going, well, they just need to learn. Well, they just, they don't have the neurological capability of doing that. It's like, it's like saying to, it's like saying to someone in a wheelchair, come on, you're not even trying to walk. Like, come on, what the hell's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like it's insanity or, or saying to someone who's diabetic, really, can you just, you're not even trying to process sugar. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it's, 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 it's ludicrous when you put it in those terms, but I've seen so many people parenting kids with, with um, FASD and I, my, my two biological sons, my oldest one has dyslexia and dysgraphia. And, you know, and then my middle son has ADHD. And so I, so we got them all covered. (laughs) 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 Do you get a break? That's all you see. Our break is when the kids are at school. Right. And they're they're healthy enough to to be at school. So that gives us a few hours in the day to kind of just get things done and not having the kids with us constantly and at our hip well, and we're having to supervise them. How is it for you? Well, here's a fun fact. I never got a break. I mean, and Serenity is extremely attached to me. And she actually, until we got our cat, our therapy cat last summer, slept in our room too. So we never got a break. But um, tonight, after I leave this, this podcast, my sons, she's finally will sleep somewhere other than with us. She's My sons have both moved out and she's having a sleepover at her brother's place. And they're going to play basketball and order pizza and do movies. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so when she goes there, what will you do tonight? Um, I don't, we're going to go for dinner. Oh, lovely. Dinner. Yeah. Like we haven't done that without her like ever. Right. So yeah, yeah we're going to go for dinner with friends and then we're going to, yeah, whatever. Like it's just like, I, I said to Murray, what are we going to do? Like, <laughs> I don't know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> now we have to talk to each other. It's a couple. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are like that if ever we go somewhere without the kids and often you know we're not watching the kids and i'm gonna see where they're running or are they are they okay and when we go and sit somewhere yeah. suddenly as a couple you're like oh yeah now what oh, do we do, now we do i think it was <laughs> just before covid we went to paris that weekend for the first time ever won't we and that was really, really bizarre. It was the strangest thing ever yeah. for us. Great. And, we, also, and then you miss them, right? 
yeah. I so I spent most of the time on the phone and then physically not pushing the boys' buggies. I felt really... You I, feel I, naked, don't I you? I felt, yeah, naked. Yeah. Like, now what do I do on my arms? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. And uh, all those emotions. But, you know, you know, and I joke, I joke about the no-break thing, or what are we going to do? But, you know, honestly, like, the one key thing I say to people all the time is you've got to make sure that you do. And I have a husband who's, in, who's I, you know, you've seen me in other interviews. I call him a saint because Lord knows the man is. And he, we tag team each other. So I do get to get away, but we don't always get to get away together, you know, yeah. but we make sure that, and, and now he's not working anymore. He's day trading. And so he's home all the time. So I do get other breaks. So it's, you know, it's, I'm not driving her everywhere. I'm not doing everything, you know, so <clears throat> But it's important to do that. It's important, even if it is just to go for a walk or something, because otherwise it's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, and we get a lot of messages like you all, Sally, from other parents that are just starting out and they're finding yeah. out that children have got problems. And what extra support do you think should be put in place for the these families and the children with these neurological problems? Because it seems like Canada's pretty much the same as the UK. It's oh, yeah. Really- really powerful the support and you have to fight for everything and yep. it seems to be like a, gr- a global problem rather than just stuck to one country it is it, it is because it's their invisible illnesses and for, for like with FASD for example or you know other learning disabilities but I think the big thing is is you know what, you know what kind of supports need to happen like I don't we do need time away but our children don't need to be going to respite or going to someone else and going to strange all the time I had a real fight with social services over that it's like no and so hire me someone to clean my house. Yeah. Hire me someone to come in and meal prep or do my laundry or do you know what I'm saying? Like that kind Practical of shit. Help, yeah. When we first got Serenity, she also had MRSA, which is a super bug that kills people. And she was super trauma, trauma baby. And she only, she clung to me. She only wanted me. Right. And I used to wear her physically on my body. Like, I think, I mean, I must've had, buns of steel after that because man I carried that child everywhere until she was quite heavy and and I wore her on a carrier and but when she had I got one social worker that got it and he said he said well you need respite I said take a traumatized child who's now sick and then send her to a stranger are you insane that's what I said to him and he goes oh yeah good point he hired me a cleaning lady and I had someone come and clean the house and they would do my laundry and make because I mean the cleaning with MRSA is it's super bug right so it yeah. lived on the surface for three months so they literally were like like we were having to wash sheets every day towels every day I mean I think I did six or seven loads of laundry a day you know like it was it, crazy it's that's very much the same as here so we would never get offered what, doing six loads of laundry no a day? no we'd never get offered that though would we that type right. of support because they don't think out of the box so they'd say no. right you're exhausted can we put Levi and Lucas into respite or into into a residential care for a week or, or a weekend or whatever. How would that help us or the boys? Like you've just exactly. said, sending them to a strange place, carting all the medications, everything that they need. It would be more stress for the parents, but, but so much damage would be caused to the boys. Yeah, you wouldn't relax. And this was a this was a, I I had not been offered that prior to. We've been dealing with MRSA for six months at this point. And finally, I actually lost it with these particular office that we were in. We moved to a different office, and then this really hit up hit a high with her with her illness. And this guy was just he was like, I don't know, he was close to 50 and you know, been around the block and got it. And he went, Oh, yeah, you don't need I said, I 
I am all about what is best for this child. I'm prepared to sacrifice, but yeah, I'm bloody exhausted. I need you on my team. And he says, what do you need? I said, I need someone to clean my house. Yeah. I need someone to, to do my laundry. Help me do it. And I don't have, they don't have to do it all. Just give me it. And so he approved, he approved 20 hours of, cle- of cleaning a week, which was shocking. Absolutely shocking. And, you know, but they will do it, but you have to push and you have to advocate. Right. And I mean, the first office we were with didn't offer that. You really need to advocate for your child. And I really, really, you know, emphasize that sending your, ch- your child away is the worst possible thing. Yeah. I think, I think in reflection to those comments though, I think a lot of parents have that fight mode within them to advocate for the children. But then I think there's about 40% of parents that are so tired and knackered yeah. and don't have that inner strength to fight and shout the loudest. And I, <clears throat> sometimes I feel really sorry for them because it's them that don't get the help because they're just too knackered all the time to be able well, to know, say, I need this, I need that. Especially the single parents. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and here's something else that you don't know about this time. My, my husband worked in, in Fort McMurray, which is like the oil sands up northern North Alberta. So he was gone two, two weeks of every month. And I was homeschooling two, two boys. Like, I get it. Like, I get about being knackered. I get about being so tired you can't even see straight. But I guess it's just because I'm a bitch or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, we, we are the exactly the same. So, so since getting the boys, we fought for everything and we've had arguments and, and all the yeah. rest of it. Because... But, but can I just say, throughout those times of having to fight and argue with authorities, some professionals see you as aggressive. aggressive yeah and that that is the issue Try because your, your passion is so strong about fighting for the right equipment and support then yeah. there may be a professional that comes along who doesn't know the children who doesn't know yeah. the setup in the household and then will see you as being aggressive and then that's when it goes really really wrong and I, we always say if they're going to be like that we can't work with them you know we are yeah. human at the end of the day, we have emotions and we are very sensitive in individuals yeah. as well. And that is why we are so passionate. Because we yeah. have had it where Paul will raise his voice on the phone because to try and get your point across. And then yeah. one professional will report it to another that we're being aggressive, this, that, other, we're difficult to work with. And you feel like you have to tread on eggshells and say the right thing and not raise your voice. But then it's you can't do right for doing wrong sometimes. Well, here's an example when... Um, here we have um, cams. Yeah. Child, you, you know what cams is over there? Yeah. So we've been dealing with cams for years with Lucas and finally got him sorted with what the pediatricians say is going to be the best medication for him. Cams then ring up two years later, having had two years worth of input from cams, say, is that Lucas's mom? <laughs> no, first of all, they said, can I speak to Lucas? Now, Lucas yeah. is non- non-verbal. Non-verbal. Uh, and, and, then, and then second, can I speak to Lucas's mum? And you, you ripped the face off, didn't you? Uh, because... uh, yeah. I just, find, I just think sometimes, are these people trying to wind us up? Hmm. Well, sometimes I think it's just all about control. And I mean, I don't have anything good. If you read my book, you know that I have, <laughs> I don't have a lot of good things to say about social services. And I, and I will go to my 
on my deathbed saying that. And I'm and there's people that have not liked it. I had one social worker say to me, well, you're not making any friends. And I go, sweetheart, I said, it's likewise. I don't like you. You don't like me. And quite frankly, if you did like me, I'd have to go to my God and question who I was as a human because you are not a good human. And end of. I said, I care about this child. And if that's a problem for you, then you and I have a big problem. The fact that I have fought tooth and nail for this child and that's that's a problem for you, that that tells me more about you than it does about me, sweetheart. I just take no BS. I just don't. I've learned, the, I've learned I've, I started off with social services being really nice and going and kiss it. Everyone said, don't piss off your social worker. Don't piss off your social worker. And I realized then they just walk on you. They treat you like garbage and you get no help. But it just got to the point with our adoption that they wanted to get it finalized to get rid of me. Perfect. There's a win. <laughs> Right. But, but we shouldn't have to be in that we mindset, shouldn't. should we? And we shouldn't have to feel like we are fighting with people, and we other, are. other professionals. But the reality of it is 90% of it is a fight yeah. and a challenge, let alone yeah. dealing with the children and all their needs. Right. And then you've, exactly. got, you've got the services as well. But the, what they yeah. don't realise then is you're taking up time fighting for silly little things like equipment, medication. Yeah. We know what's right for his children. Is taking away our time from the kids. Yeah. They just, I, it's, for me, I really truly believe it's about control. I think these are, these are flawed, flawed individuals who are just enjoying the control. And I don't, and I had, I had two social workers in all of our travels say to me, it's never about the kids. And I'm like, what the hell are we doing here then? If this is not about the kid, and if you can take my strength and push as being, as being difficult, you should take that as a win. I'm fighting for this kid that you've put in my care. I love her. I'm ready to take one for the team. Why is that? I said to one social workers, why, why is that not a win for you? Why is that? Why do I get vilified for that? Like, because I love her so much that I will fight for her. Like, how is that a problem? And they just, they don't have any answers because they know I'm right. And they know that they've come across really badly. Right. But they don't care, unfortunately, but it's, 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 it's frustrating. And I, I'm not asking for freaking Disneyland. I'm not asking you to pay my mortgage. I'm asking for something for my bloody child to, to, to a therapy for her. That's what I'm asking for. And now we just, I don't, I just, I just don't, they, they, we've got a pretty good rapport now where they just don't piss her off. Cause she'll. Do, do you put it down, down to solid the same as what we feel here, that everything just comes down to money and finances? hundred percent. They, I said to one social worker, you act like this is coming out of your personal bank account. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna try that next no, time. We get that I'm gonna use that, Sally. Do you have yeah. my permission? Do it. Yeah. The amount of times what they say to us is the public purse. We've got to protect the public. We've purse. got to protect the public purse. Oh, well, here's the thing. Don't even uh, that. Would, I'd lose my mind if I heard that. <laughs> let's protect the public let's let's talk about all the party and bullshit crap you pay for but let, you know and, and 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 what do you make a year to terrorize people let's talk about that if we want to save money let's, let's get rid of all the hierarchy in this organization that's doing nothing but ruining kids lives and let's let's put it towards the kids i'm sorry i would not be able to do well with that comment no one's ever said that to me but god help them if they did you see that this <laughs> is this is what i love about you and a lot of our listeners who are listening to this will love about you is just what you say is the truth, but you say it as it is. <laughs> and you, you know, I'm going to certainly take a lot of information from this. And, you know, you know that there's, you're just amazing, Sally. I have nothing but admiration for you. 
and the dedication you give and all the passion <laughs> you have and the love that just it's just wonderful to hear we'd like to say obviously your book's still available into it on amazon sally yeah my book is called in search of serenity and it's on amazon and it is my it's it's not so serenity's story as much as my own because my her story is not mine to tell yeah. but um it is, it, is, it is my story and how basically the premise of it is, is that she saved me because I didn't realize a lot of things about myself until we got her and it all came to a head. And I mean, when her adoption was finalized, I literally had a nervous breakdown. Like hands down, I had a nervous breakdown because all my trauma had come back to me dealing with these horrible social workers, all of this stuff and it all. And so I decided to put it in a book and, you know. Yeah. So you need to check out Sally's book, In Search of Serenity. Uh, we've got a copy and it's, it is really good. And yes. Really fascinating. We'd like to say thank you, Sally, for joining us. And we love yes. you. And enjoy your night away yeah. tonight. I know, right? <laughs> Send us some pictures of your food. I want to see pictures of your food. She's, okay. is, you're going to McDonald's, aren't you? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> sadly we have come to the end of another podcast michael are you still there are you with us <laughs> yeah so do wake up michael wake up do like and rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts don't forget to follow us on our social media the atwell bryce family where we've got lots of other content on there and check out the amazing dad's net for other parenting advice but next week we're um, going to be going to Alton Towers to the launch of that launching Alton Towers. We've been invited to that. We're going to check out all their accessible uh, rides and accessible toilet facilities there. But also, if you have enjoyed listening to the Differ Village podcast with um, Paul, <laughs> aka Julian, and Michael, aka Monotomic. Uh, no, do give us a review. Please make it positive. Like and share our content. And if there's anything we you want us to talk about, do reach out to us and, and get in touch with us because you know yeah, we're, we're very open and honest people. And you know, a lot of this we like to have a laugh as well. We like to laugh at ourselves. We take the Mickey out of each other because I think in this day and age, if we don't do that, we're just going to sit there and cry. But do and drop us a DM definitely with your thoughts, any questions, any recommendations that have helped you as well, any charities that have helped you or recommendations or days out. We'd like to um, share them with everybody else. And next time we're going to be talking about our experience at Alton Towers. So thanks very much and we will catch up with you all soon.